suddenly she exclaimed, "'He is coming down again.' She tried to close the door, but Raoul prevented her, for he had seen on the top step of the staircase that led to the floor above a red foot followed by another, and slowly, majestically, the whole scarlet dress of red death met his eyes, and he once more saw the death's head of Perogirec. "'It's he!' he exclaimed. "'Boots the house down, Mama, yes, God.'" Okay, so, Kara, are you there? Are you ready? Because I have to ask you something. Um, yes, hello, I'm here, we here. Are you ready to go back to Titanic? Oh no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Welcome to Leroy Less Traveled. Um, we like to open no. just a, a brisk, truly vibe check. Um, I asked you that because uh, the film Titanic, it's in its re release. It's in theatrical re release. Um, the cultural impact. You're going to go see. I'm going to go see Titanic mm-hmm. tomorrow in theaters. I've done this before. I'm not crazy that it's like 3D because that's kind of annoying. But I haven't watched Titanic since the pandemic, uh, so I foresee that this will like, br- like probably change a brain chemistry, like probably in not a great way. The last time I watched Titanic, I was sad for like four days in a row, and like it oh, did wow. not let up. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be fine. We didn't know that we were going to necessarily record today. Like we usually record on a weekend, and it's just after work. But I, um, I was like. God, this is a good chapter. I really want to discuss it with Kara. And then it just kind of evolved that we're here on a weekday afternoon. I mean, so Kara, I hyped it. Would you say, did it live up to expectation? This shit was crazy. I don't think I realized it was this funny until this time around, just kind of parsing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. It's, It's really, really hilarious. These chapters are not from the point of view of the managers, nor Christine, nor Rick, who we still kind of have yet to meet. Yeah. These are Raoul chapters, and we were talking about this uh, a little bit before the pod, which, yeah, we were pre-gaming, <laughs> unfortunately. But it is interesting. Like, Raoul's really interesting. And, like, the the Broadway show, I think, just, like, I think it's just cut right. for time. They don't have enough time to, like do all the Christine stuff, all the opera stuff, all the Rick stuff, and then also, yeah. like, Raul stuff. So they have to cut a bunch of this stuff. But, like, I love this Raul. He's so, like, yeah. such a well-developed character. I think there's, I mean, I personally think that there's, like, a huge value in, like, the like a love triangle. And if you make both of those choices compelling, the dilemma of Christine is so much more interesting like as a writer of phantom of the opera fan fiction i i try not to fall into like we see a lot of like you know chapter one raul's out the door or he's blackout drunk or he's abusive or like all these horrible like character assassinations uh not naming any names andrew lloyd weber's love never dies but um i just think it's like a lot more compelling to have this like additional character be really fleshed out i think a lot of people if you don't read the book, I mean, again, I'm literally reading the book right now for the first time, but I think that, like, if you're just going off of what material you get from the musical, like, the things he's saying are very, like, exposition and, you know, standing in the way of Christine, 
which I think a lot of, you know, rubs people the wrong way. I'm, I've seen endless discourses about, you know, the interlude before All I Ask of You, where he's like, there's no Phantom of the Opera. Like, you're, you're, people have said, like, oh, he's, he's gaslighting her. He's picking this up. You know, like, there's very few moments where he has these honest, like, interactions with Christine. And, like, depending on how people play it, it can also sound kind of phony or like, oh, I'm just like a fuckboy. And this is not that, which is really exciting. It gives you insight into why he'd be like, what? We're dealing with a guy. I heard a man's voice. We're dealing with a dude, first of all. And it's not about being team one person or the other, but about, I don't know, everyone's pretty interesting in this. So, Whew. We're recording. Club's going up on a Tuesday. We're recording on a Tuesday. All right. Chapter nine, <laughs> the mysterious carriage. You'll never guess whose carriage it is. So when we last left the opera, things were pretty chill. Yeah, Rick dropped a chandelier on a woman, just one woman, with pinpoint accuracy. Everyone visualized a toad, Carlotta, the whole voice tragedy thing. But aside from that, Thurman Richard, how was the play? I love the phrase, I think you also identified this, La Carlotta fell ill, like immediately after this event. Yeah, no, duh. She's fake sick because she's so embarrassed. Yeah, Christine has vanished, as one does, not clocking in, and it does note that it's the first disappearance, just clarifying there, and also that no one gives a shit but Raul, so that's great, you love to see it. She's gone for two weeks, and I think you and I both know, and, and all of our podcast listeners will know, the first 48 hours are the most important. So he, yeah, so Christine's gone for two weeks, no one noticed, and we... Have I, I would just like to say I think we, we won because we said, you know, Christine Dia is on the verge of fucking getting fired. Only the managers know. Everyone else is like, mm. Yes, really say that. And so <laughs> Raul's like, hey, where's Christine? And everyone's like, I don't know. And so he's like, he texts, uh, he texts Madam. No, he does not text because she's off the grid, like in a woo-woo way that we simply cannot even aspire to, to do. Anyway, so... She maybe lives in, like, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, <laughs> sorry, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, but, you know, like, New Mexico, like, old white ladies. Okay, so he... Uh, so he's not super worried, and he's like, you know what? He knew her state of mind and how determined she was to break relations with him. You know, even though he's upset, he's going to respect her boundaries, and we have to stand a boundary king. And... Everyone just moves on without her. They they stage Faust without her. So we see the we see the managers. <laughs> so we see the managers. These men are broken. They are in full seasonal depression. Yeah, that whole thing of where someone died and then there was, you know, a big investigation. It would it, it seems like it came down and like, okay, we're not gonna like majorly penalize you, but it's like uh both you and the former managers let the ball drop. May or may not be true. We know that Rick fucking did it, but yet, like, I would, I would believe that it probably was going to happen like a week later anyway. It would right. probably just fall on some random person anyway, because this is busted. Yeah, so it was like a super accident. But some people are like, I mean, th like, yeah, it's an accident, but like these guys seem like next level depressed. Like, what's going on? They have uh, no time for anyone but Madame Jury, who has been rehired by this point. These men have been humbled, and I. You know, you hate to see it, but we understand. And so Raul shows up and he's like, hi, 
where's Christine? And they're like, literally go fuck yourself. Like we can't, we, we're, uh, we're under so much right now. Like you have no idea the stress that we are under. Um, what is wrong with her? We have no idea. Like, and he's like, did pretty fairly asks, like, did you send for the house doctor? Which is a thing I would assume if you're working at an opera company at this time. Nope. She didn't ask for him. And as we trust her, we did not doubt her word. Right. Raul has begun to get a spidey sense at this point, And he's like, I am in love with this woman. I am not sure about trusting her word, though. He's like, she had a, which, okay, buddy. She had a young girl's overheated imagination, which, I mean, I, w- I took offense to. Aww. And then I did remember my, like, 16 journals I have, like, in my fucking basement of my house and it's like oh yeah the imagination be overheated he heard a man's voice it is what it is he's he's like look like at the end of the day like i am naive but like this girl is literally like asking to be scammed um and then i love this banger Mm. well the the v-count had a very cool head no he didn't like what (laughs) this man we just (laughs) found him in a graveyard like two chapters ago but okay and we said a couple episodes ago, like, you know, oh, Raul is a regular person meeting theater people for the first time. And like in LaRoe, that is not the case. But like at the same time, he's not like a he's not a theater girly. He's like, you know, he's grounded in reality and he appreciates art. Whereas like Christine Dye is like, oh, I saw a fairy yesterday. And he's like, bestie, you didn't. But OK, like he's he's slightly more grounded than uh, the people we're about to meet because he goes to M- Madame Valerius's house. And the maid shows up who was leaving Christine Daae's dressing room. I need a whole prestige drama of this maid. Oh, my God. I need, like, an upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey. So Raul rolls up to the house and is like, hello, I would like to see Madame Valerius. The maid is like, no, um, because she's too frail. She can't come out there. But Raul is like, can you take her my card? I think she would want to see me, you know. Right. And he's like, no, it's cool. I'll fucking wait because he's here to talk about Christine. And so uh, within five minutes, he gets let in. But I do want to point out that in this fucking house, I don't know if you noticed this, there is a portrait of Madame Valerius's <laughs> husband. And then on the other side of the wall is Brian Daye. No. And this is just something I've thought for a while. Like, so I've always thought like, geez, I like the song Wishing, especially when it's given a wonderful performance. But I was like, Jesus, is she, like, not allowed to grieve her dad? Like, I mean, when we lose people, we, I think you never ent- mm. entirely stop grieving people. However, what I think the musical just doesn't have time to drive home is that it's a pretty reasonable assertion for Raul to be like, I know we don't have, like, psychiatry yet, but are we focusing on the dead, like, an unhealthy amount, maybe? Just surrounded by pictures of dead men okay Mm, that is true it's very like everything's like a shrine she's so in the the world of the dead that i think uh someone with death's head not the like jump scare that it would be for everyone else so anyway so he's like okay cool 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 like Mm -hmm. and like so she's this woman is old but she's she's sharp is the word my mother would use for this woman um, but then I also noticed that he calls her childlike and I'm like, okay, not again. Cause he keeps calling women childish. Uh, and he's like, Hey bud, where's Christine? And she's like, no worries. She's with the friendly spirit, of course. And he goes, excuse me. Raul's like, 
Yes. Oh boy. And kind of so was I. I was like, oh shit. I know. Cause he's, I think, you know, he, he was like, well, I'm finally going to go, you know, the managers are like off their tits. Like who knows what's going on with Rick. Christine's like unresponsive. He's like, all this shit is happening. And so he's like, you know, I'm going to go talk to an adult human being who will like, you know, help me call the authorities. And we're going to really like, we're going to fix this. And she's just like, no, she's with the angel of music. When people dislike (laughs) it, when Raul says like, there is no Phantom of the Opera to Christine in the musical. Okay. This doesn't hold up as well. And as well in 2023, some people believe in ghosts. Some do not. I just, it's, it's fair for Raul when someone tells him I was with a ghost or this young adult woman I'm in charge with is uh, hanging out with an angel at this time. It's very fair for him to be like, oh boy, we, we got a situation. Like it's very fair. He's like, yeah, I feel like all of, all of this stuff is like kind of diluted into that one line in the musical where he's like, there's no Phantom of the Opera and it comes off really crappy, but it's like, no, I do feel, I feel very deeply for this man because he just went to like the one person where he's like, okay, you know, who who's going to care? Christine's like surrogate mother. The unabridged versions of the book, I think, really do a pretty good job of capturing Raul's mounting panic. Like, I heard a man's voice. She is gone. You're saying she's with the angels. It's not great. <laughs> she, he was having difficulty getting his thoughts around the spirit. Mama, <laughs> Madame Verler. Nah. You know, what? I don't have to read this because you just said it so well. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like this mounting panic of... Honestly, this whole, like, these two chapters, I was just like, this man is trying to, like, know the unknowable, and, like, it is just getting weirder, and I'm like, I think this is, like, I mean, maybe it's, like, the gothic hero, too, because, like, yeah, it's very, like, in Dracula, Jonathan Mm -hmm. Harkness trying to, like, figure out, like, what's going on. No one is No one is concerned about Christine's well-being. The managers are like, girl, we're tired. Mama Valerius is like, she's with the angels. I mean... So, yeah, Raul is like, the task force consists of only me. Cool, 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 cool. Raul is spiraling. He's like, you said the word spirit. I'm thinking about my trauma in the graveyard. I'm thinking about the fucking Phantom of the Opera. I'm thinking about the guy who just died. I'm thinking about where Christine is. I'm thinking about the letter that she sent me. And unfortunately, all of that does not matter because this woman said, Christine, I'm very fond of you, Raul, and so is Christine. And so all of that spiraling completely stops because he's like hold on what were the words she said exactly can you maybe write them down maybe you have a recording of this how did she phrase it did she sound excited a record scratch said that she was into me truly yeah and then uh so i do respect that she goes she said that you told her you loved her and then madame valerius busts out laughing which is very funny and she's like where are you going won't you sit down do you think that you can leave just like that she acts like it's wild that he wants to leave after she starts cackling at christine said you proposed or loved her or whatever like she's like it's not your fault you weren't to know you're young did you think christine was free and at this point i'm like playing a vuvuzela because what she's taken she's spoken for by who by rick i'm so excited (laughs) and raul says wait she's engaged and she says no and raul's like i need these people to stop like every time raul asks a question people are like 
no. And it's like, please just give me a straight answer. They can't. And she's like, because of the angel of music. And he goes, not him again. He forbids it. Forbids it. This fucking The guy. angel of music won't let her marry. And Raul is losing it. He's he's so annoyed. And it, it notes that, like, okay, sometimes people have an innocent energy. Raul, like, does not have time. He's about to lose his shit on this old woman who's like, you know, she's with the angel of music. It's like she's high and is acting like she's making complete sense. And Raul's like, what? literally what please and she's like yes forbids it though not in so many words what he actually said is that if she got married he wouldn't have anything more to do with her that's it also he'd go away forever Rick. you'll appreciate that she won't let the angel of music go it's only natural and then Raul is like you're right it's only natural <laughs> yeah no yeah in a whisper like he says it a couple times like uh-huh uh-huh like he doesn't even know he's speaking out loud he's just like uh-huh supernatural tom's deodorant levels of natural like absolutely and then we get the uh the realization that we had a couple of chapters ago she's like yeah i thought christine told you this when she ran into you at paros she went there with him oop and he's like what and she's like yeah they arranged to meet at her dad's grave and he promised that he would play the resurrection of Lazarus on her dad's violin. And Raul's like, I'm going to fucking lose Nightmare it. Nightmare hinge date. So there's that. Um, but also like, <laughs> oh my God, Raul is like, no, this is a physical man. I know this. And she went on a weekend trip with her girl. I'm sorry. It is not 1990 or after. It is 1880, whatever. We're not doing that. What do you mean she went on a weekend trip with a man? I'm going to die. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, okay, fine. Where does he live? Like, can we get, like, uh, like what is his location? And she's like, sure, sure, sure. No worries. He's in heaven. She said, drop, he said, drop his location. And this version says, madam, kindly tell me where the spirit resides. And then I was like, where the spirit reside, where the spirit reside. But. He has struggled. His, he's just like, he's so done. And then unfortunately, uh, say it with me, Kristen, if you're playing the uh, Phantom of the Opera drinking game at home, everyone take a sip of your beverage because uh, Raul, once again, someone once again asks about Christine's purity. Okay. So he does take a moment to pause, to appreciate, he, he understands her state of mind. She has... She's been brought up by a superstitious fiddler and a deluded old lady. He shuddered at the consequences of it. And then he said, so is she like still a virgin? Like, what's her body count? Promptly, swiftly. Right. I know. I really like this. Um, yeah, he suddenly understood the mind of a young woman raised by a superstitious fiddler and a lady who believed in mumbo jumbo. He's almost there. And then he's like, hold up. This weekend trip, did they pack condoms? And it's like, thanks. Has dude. she experienced okay. an orgasm? I can't know peace. Like, And then Madame Valerius is like, unfortunately, this woman is like on a different plane of reality. Uh -huh. And she is like, what's no, what's wrong with you? Which unfortunately true, but also like, come on, girl. And he goes, how long has she known the spirit? About three months that he's been giving her lessons. Right. Which is interesting because I believe in the musical, for three years these things have been happening, uh, is what Carlotta says about, like, the Phantom. Ooh. Yeah, does the musical actually specify how long? I think I've been conflating that in my head, but 
tangent. Yeah, I don't think the musical clarifies, but Carlotta says shit's been happening for a while. I mean, I think we can infer that Rick has lived at the opera, spoiler, in all the versions for quite a while, absolutely creating mess the whole time. At some point, Christine became an hourly wage employee that he, you know, took a shine to. But how long has she (laughs) known this spirit? Three months. Yeah. And I just love uh, Madame Valerius goes, well, we couldn't, he couldn't come here. The apartment's too small. And it's like, what? Like, you're talking about an angel coming from heaven to, like, bestow his gift on a on a child. And it's like, can't come here. His apartment's too small. And it's like, yeah, he probably couldn't come to my apartment because my apartment's too small. He'd hate it. He'd hate it in any mortal apartment. But also, yeah, how long has she known this? Like, the air quotes are present. Raul's like, I can't. Okay. Okay. Well, and she says, too, uh, you know, well, of course, she, they couldn't come here. So they have to do it at no one's around at 8 a.m. at the opera house. And it's like, and I also highlighted that and was like, I'm sure no one can hear them at 8 a.m. at the opera house. Yeah, this whole thing is like innuendo up the ass. Um, Flew over my head at age so, 13. Yeah. And so he like is like, should I fucking leave? And the maid shows up and the maid is like, "Mm, that's embarrassing. Are you not embarrassed? Unfortunately, he has to go take a little walk for his health, like bone chilling. The fresh air and exercise does him good. I did highlight, yeah. as per Christine, what a brazen, devilishly cunning creature. And I was like, hell yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, it's not actually correct in the context of what's happening in the story right now. But in terms of we support and love Christine, it's, it's, yeah. I also liked, like, fellas, is it gay to go on a really long walk where you're like, I could fucking picture the spirit music. It's a miserable tenor, good-looking, who sang with honeyed lips. How contemptible and ridiculous he appeared to himself. What a wretched, petty, insignificant, foolish young man the Viscount was, Raoul thought with rage in his heart. And for her, what a brazen and diabolically abandoned creature she was. Like, fellas, is it is it gay to think about how hot this uh, imaginary man is right no exactly and then i i did not highlight it in mine but the whole but so this is something tex emits there's this whole part where he's like okay 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 so there's this they're doing singing and music was a big part of her relationship with her father okay i know that this is some dude this actually reminds me of a fucking bizarro story that simply does not exist in the real world but he's like, that time that time that that princess was like mourning her husband and then an opera singer was in the bushes, I was like, this is Shakespeare levels of what do you mean they have a surprise twin? But th- we're rolling with it. We're ro- rolling with it. It is not. It was so great. And it just really gives me confidence as a writer that like sometimes I really stretch a metaphor and it's like, maybe I'm fine. At the But at the same time, it's not in text and as I'm. Like I was mentioning, I think that this the text cuts out a lot of things that actually humanize Raul. So it's like he's trying. He's like, no, no, no. Okay, I can see her vision when you're grieving and like uh, super into the Beatles, you know. And uh, you hear when you hear yesterday emanating from a bush or what the fuck ever. He's like, okay, okay, okay. I see the vision, but I'm still turned. <sighs> so he gets in his cardio. And then so he gets home and it was really cute because uh, his sole thought was to fling himself on his bed and bury his sobs in his pillow. He's just like me at age 14. 
Uh, but his brother was there, and into his arms, Raoul felt like a baby. The Count consoled him like a father without asking for explanations. And it's it's really cute. I just like how emotional Raoul is and how, like, supportive his brother is. Which, like, I know that a lot of people don't like Philippe and think he did a bad job. So far, I'm like, uh, he didn't ask to have kids without actually having kids. He's kind of doing his best. He's like... Also, I'm sorry, how many depictions do we see in the pop culture of a man holding another man and um, the second man cries and feels safe in expressing his emotions? Yeah. He's like, I can't get into the spirit of music bullshit, but uh, I will cry. But he's like, I'm not going to be telling him the angel of music shit. That's wild. That's embarrassing. That's, yeah. So then uh, he does what any big brother would do, which is you got to go out girl get your outfit on we're going out we're gonna like we're gonna like meet a bunch of girls who are gonna be obsessed with you and you're gonna forget all about this like you know christabel die over here i'm literally still waiting for the part where philippe is like bad but yeah i know i'm like i do respect like this is what my friends would do to me if i was sad um and so he wasn't gonna go he wasn't gonna go but then, weirdly, he hears, oh, hey, we saw an Uber pool pass by, <laughs> and in the insanely bright moonlight, we saw Christine Daye head out the window of this Ford Explorer. Multiple sources. Like, <laughs> okay. And she's just driving around this park, so you might see her. And so Raoul's like, amazing, get in the car, we're going. And so uh, he throws himself in what is called the Vortex of Pleasure, which uh, I was in the Vortex of Pleasure on Saturday night. And uh, I will say, gotta hydrate. You went to the Alan Cumming nightclub, though. And they, they also go to the Alan Cumming nightclub. Now, yes, I did go to Alan Cumming's nightclub. It's called Club Cumming. And uh, I'm so sorry that I'm going to ask us to link to this. His his I've told this mm. man, unfortunately, to his face that I enjoy his perfume commercial Alan Cummings fragrance commercial really get into that um but unfortunately I have to stop us to say that I didn't completely understand what was happening here because Philippe's like I'm putting on you know the Beyonce playlist like we're going out Raul's like I'm dying I simply yeah. can't and then Philippe is like okay but Christine was like seen at makeout point is the thing and it's like I genuinely don't know is Raul going out to hope to see her or wait 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 she was at the Hoism Park. Well, then I'm just going to go get broads. Like, I just, I actually don't uh, know. That's a good point. None of the three versions clarified. Ugh, I want to know. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like, again, not an academic podcast. There is discourse about like the Bois de Boulogne. It's make out point. Right? Who knows? Make out point. The the Bois, as the, as the girls say, um... But there's a lot of discourse about that because, yeah, it was a place where you could uh, pick up sex workers and, like, that was kind of uh, at night, like, that was kind of the spot. And so interesting, interesting. I'm sure Philippe, you know, knows about it much more than it seems like Raoul with his, quote, innocent mind. Christine is out at the Moulin Rouge with men's. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, no, that's a good point because I was like... I just assumed that he was, like, trying to get a glimpse of her, but, like, I think he was, like, he's, like, no, certainly she's not, like, you know, 
out in someone else's like Escalade. Didn't well did that couldn't be the case. Did you say it's like not even part of Paris? It was not part of Paris until 1929. This has been Wikipedia Corner Mm -hmm. with uh, Kara. Um, So anyway, there's also, and like there's a racetrack. Like it seems like it's kind of like a, like a a spot to like kind of get into some, some mischief. And like definitely as like noblemen, they're like, Uh you know, this is, this is the club. They're going to the club. And so they go, they drive out there. And of course, Raul immediately, uh, not pulls a me because I don't do this, but pulls one of my friends does. Yeah, one of my friends does immediately get drunk and run away. Um, I will not name that person because they are not a friend of the pod, but uh, they do they do be running away. And so he has run away from the club, which I understand sometimes you freak out. And so he is just standing outside and he's like trying to keep warm by just stomping his feet for half an hour, which hoes don't get cold. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, a car comes around the corner and he's like, it's definitely her. He, yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows in his heart that it's her. And he's like, dear God, how he loved her. Bestie, just text her. Um, well, he tried. And he's to like, no, no, no. I'm going to st- I'm going to jump in front of this Uber pool. And they. what are they going to do? Hit me. I'm going to grab the horse by the reins. He says he would grab the horse by the reins. He screams her name into the night. Like, yes. And he's going to fight. Rick, which we don't know what he's we don't know what he's up against. Well, no, we know what he's up against. He does not know what he's up against. We as like, even if you haven't experienced any version of Phantom of the Opera, you're probably like, I know this is the Phantom of the Opera. Bestie, don't do it. But no, he just dropped a chandelier on someone like this guy doesn't give a fuck. Like Raul at least like is, you know, held back by the law of man and physics like this guy doesn't give a shit. And so he screams her name and he's like reaching out. The car peels off. Yes, because he sees her car in her face in the window. Car peels off like it's Fast and the Furious. Um, Vin Diesel's driving. The window slams shut and it's gone. And he's like calling after her. And he's like, he loved her, but she did not love him. He loved, he had loved an angel and now he despised a woman. Misogyny corner. It's all misogyny uh, corner. Because then he goes, the whole thing is misogyny corner. Raul, your maid from the north has played you for a fool. Does a woman really have to have cheeks as fresh and f- fresh and a face as coy and ready to hide under the rosy veil of modesty to be able to drive through the friendless dark in an expensive carriage with a mysterious lover? Ought not there to be a sacrosanct limit to hypocrisy and lying? And shouldn't there be a law preventing a woman who has the soul of a courtesan having the ingenuous eyes of a child? No. What I heard is that you're mad that she has a good skincare routine, so there's that. But yeah, he's... He, and he, does Rick have a Maybach? Like, is that... <laughs> rolled up in the new Bugatti. I don't know what to tell you. But, um, yeah, no, he... And it'll all make sense later, and it doesn't make sense to Raul, but um, he's so he thinks he of dying, it. and he's only twenty he years old. He can't handle it. He does. Uh, he is just like me because he does come home from the club, does not change into his pajamas, does not take his makeup off, just goes into bed. Doesn't wash his, his face. Like, no, his his maid is like so worried, and then he gets a text. His phone goes off. Raul, the day after tomorrow, midnight, at the masked ball at the opera, in the small reception room behind the great fireplace in the main lobby, stand by the door that leads to the rotunda, 
don't mention this meeting to anyone dress as a white domino make sure the mask hides your face my life depends on your not being recognized christine all bangers she is so cool i love her but it's also it's i'm so nervous for christine even though i like know how the story turns out but it's like she really she wrote this she had it ready to fling out into the night which Yes. I, I am going to do a little bit of a spoiler. It really seems like she threw this note out the window without Rick seeing. So, like, how did she manage that? Like, it's like, oh, well, my God. Well, and that's what it says. At the very beginning of Chapter 10, it says it had obviously been thrown with the hope that the passerby would pick it up and deliver it to his house, which is clearly like, what happened. message in a bottle. He simply, he, yes. he, he kind of recognizes the um, cry for help, but also it's like, I, I highlighted here the somber picture of Christine losing her self-respect. Okay, so he's just been envisioning Christine, like, fucking and no longer being pure. Um, she texted him, though, so that helps him stop spiraling. But, like, how dire it would have to be for her to throw a note out the window is, comes and goes, but it's not really a focus of his. Like, Yeah, he's, like, he's really vacillating between, like, what a bitch and then like oh my god like i love her but it's like never like is my girlfriend kidnapped against her will yeah so uh he gets the note he's losing his shit he goes it, he needed no more to rekindle his hopes he's back in it baby he's like nope i love this person um and then it says uh whose prisoner was she into what maelstrom had she been sucked and i highlighted that and went redacted sorry i did skip ahead before and this is the part where he's where you got to give raul credit and it's like okay 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 music music is powerful maybe i haven't been respecting enough that she's been grieving her dad famously we all think she's a little lottie and there was that princess one time with that highly specific story that has bizarro parallels to this so yes 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 and i think we can both agree that uh the man singing behind the hedge was singing Hey There, Delilah. <laughs> oh, God. By the plain white tees. That's what I immediately envision. As you should. It's good. It's good. Or yeah. Wonderwall. We'll see. You know. So, yeah. So, he's like, he's trying his best. But then he goes, but that makes no fucking sense. Because sooner or later, if the grieving princess returned at the same place every evening from 3 to 5 p.m. for three months... She would have figured this shit out. How has Christine not figured this shit out? And he, again, um, starts thinking about what a sexy motherfucker person, what a persuasive, uh, what a presence this man might be that Christine has not tried harder. What a diligent teacher he had been. And my vertigo heads out there will understand what I mean when I say you are a very apt pupil, Judy, a very apt pupil. Jimmy Stewart on a Phantom podcast. But it's like. It's a scene where a man is like, oh, you were willing to learn, weren't you? What a good teacher Rick was. There's not no parallels between Phantom and Vertigo. I'm just going to say that. Um, and then he's like really chill about how they were in the Bois. Like he's fine with it. Yeah, he's like, it's one thing to think that this man is an angel. It's quite another thing to get in this man's car. Ah, out of her dreams and into his car. God damn it. I hate it here. Um and then misogyny corner, he goes, what, what sort of fool would an opera singer make of a trusting young man who knows little about love? He felt ill with misery. So he thinks that, like, Christine's scamming him, which is interesting because he also thinks Christine is getting scammed. What's the truth? 
Raul, no. you were just worried about her because you're not entirely sure she doesn't currently believe in goblins at like age 19 or whatever. Like, but so it says Raul's thoughts kept racing between these extremes. Uh, but he's doing this and he again, just like me for real, he's having this panic attack at a spirit Halloween store oh my God, because yes. he acquired a white domino <laughs> costume. So he's at a spirit Halloween like fucking bitch and then he's like picking it out and he's like but i love her and he's like but what if she's kidnapped but also what if she's doing this on purpose and she's scamming me out of something i don't know and so he buys the costume yeah spiral 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 nevertheless he bought a white domino which uh maybe we'll link to that is not the card no yeah it's a it's a very like it's a very basic kind of costume but like i think we could link to it and you'll see what he was wearing but so she's like i'm gonna wear a black domino you wear a white domino i would like to stress again that she's like my life depends on you following these instructions, my guy. Yeah, and he's already, like, kind of blowing it, but that's okay. And he's, like, every straight man that I've ever met, he's in his costume because he does love his girlfriend, but also he's like, I feel ridiculous, I hate this, I don't like costume parties, Kara, why do you drag me to all these costume parties? Uh, this isn't has nothing to do with my own life. And so he's like, everyone's going to make fun of me. Everyone's staring at me. And then he gets there and it's like, it's fine. Everyone's in costume because this is because this is a horny masquerade. I'm excited to talk about it. It's a magnificent affair. This is pre-Mardi Gras, baby. This is it's like an art party, which is cool. It's about artists. It's a bohemian affair. Oh, my God. Uh, artists and models are there. Everyone's like. Dressed to the nines. The art students in this are my MVPs of the episode, but we're not there yet. Yes, I know. Oh my god, yeah, we have to... Ah. I literally, yeah, I wrote that as well. And so, um, I did highlight, he did not pause to survey the many multicolored costumes that filled the length of the marble steps of one of the most sumptuous settings anywhere in the world. And then I got emotional because I thought about, like, all the times that I have been to Phantom and when that fucking curtain comes up and the everyone's on the staircase and then the audience just goes berserk, it's like, hell yeah. So anyway, he's like, he's like, I got to follow the instructions. And so he's going to go to this like kind of busy spot where like people are getting beer and people are getting champagne and people are going to get snacks and they're getting their pizza rolls. And so he's like, this is really smart because like it's super crowded and no one's going to notice like us. So we're like, please, Raul, are you catching on to the fact that she's really in dire circumstances? Are you getting it? Are you getting it? He's not. He's like, I'm really excited to see my, my friend. And it's like, okay. And so a black domino came up to him and brushed his hand and he knew it was her, which is really cute. And he followed her. And then he loudly goes, hey, is that you, Christine? And she's like, I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up if we're going to do this. She has to shush him like, like she's a preschool teacher, you know. Exactly. Yeah, because, like, why are you saying my full government name while I'm on the lam? I love that it clarifies that he no longer hated her as he's following her. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow, that was really big of you. Thanks, Raul. He was in love. But he has two settings. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so he turned. she turned around to make sure he was still following. He's, like, he's following. He's, like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. And we get kind of back to the, the main lobby and there's a bit of a commotion. Why is there a commotion, Krista? No, Eric has dressed as Red Death from the, like, apparently famous at that time, Edgar Allan Poe story, Mask of the Red Death. 
he he comes to the party in like all the versions described that his hat his cape huge his costume is so extravagant and this is in the musical but it almost feels did it feel to you like it was understated in the musical when you like read it in the yes this man has like a you know not to evoke rihanna for the millionth time in this podcast but no such thing he as has like times. a rihanna like enormous like you know that enormous gold cape she wore to the met gala it's that but it says words on yes it. i said this is the met gala <laughs> Yes, this is the Met Gala. And also it's like the um, uh, the designer that does the words on the clothing. But I'll link to it in the show notes. But like there's a designer who like writes like provocative things on the clothing. And uh, Eric actually invented that. He's d- creating a commotion. I was screaming at the arts. Well, and so it, like he's wearing his fabulous outfit, but also a death's head. The art students are like standing around him, like, oh my God, bestie, who designed it? It's so good. It looks like actual death. The art students are live tweeting, this guy's costume is amazing. I'm screaming. It's giving death, it's serving, whatever. Um, Raul literally does the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing me. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, everyone's like losing their mind. I also respect the one guy who didn't get out of his way and then. Uh, Rick just fucking like throws him. Well, he tried to touch him. Yeah, don't the, try to touch him. His his fit had a little sign on it that said "Don't touch me," depending on like what version you read. And this guy's like, "I'm going to touch him." He had um, you can't. He had what's that one drink that's like it has Jägermeister in it and Goldschlager? I don't know. He had he had a frat drink and was like, "I'm going to touch this guy that said don't touch him." Doesn't work out. And. What I really respect uh, with Raoul de Chagny at this time is that uh, he does have the audacity because he sees this and he goes, yeah, I could fight him. And it's like, maybe not. Maybe don't. Not for the last time. He's like, I will fight this man. And it's like, maybe don't. He's got a cape on like this man. Like, are you kidding me? And so uh, Christine grabs him and is like dragging him away. The instincts of a preschool teacher. so scared. And she's like, we got to fucking go. And Raul's kind of like, okay. And it's like, no, we have to leave. And so she throws him in a box. He takes off his mask. She keeps hers on, which is interesting. And she's putting her ear up to the wall. And she's like, dude, he followed us here. He's right above us. And I'm screaming this whole time I'm reading this. And then then Eric, Phantom of the Opera, invented... Boots the house down because we see a single boot and then a second one. Raul. And this man is coming down. Peeping out the door, sees dramatic red footwear coming down the stairs. And he's like, I'm going to fight him right the fuck now. And Christine's like, I, oh my God. Like, Christine's like, are you out of your goddamn mind? It's interesting because she goes, what do you mean him in a voice, in an altered voice? Which I, here's the thing, again, haven't read this book, but I do find it interesting, like, I don't know, I've seen the movie, and, like, I also had a music teacher who was very into the lore. Like, is she hypnotized? Is Rick throwing his voice? Like, why is she speaking in a weird way where she's like, I don't know what you're talking about? Well, we know she's back from being gone for two weeks. Who can say where? I don't think she was at the sea for her health. No, exactly. And so then 
Raul tries to brush her aside because he's like, no, I'm going to fight him. Mm -mm. And she pushes him away with a strength that startled him. It's giving that that girl that went viral for like blocking the chair, the stool or whatever with her, like the Waffle House employee that just like blocked it like she's in the MCU. That's Christine Daae in this moment. Absolutely. It's really cool. So suddenly we have Buff Steen and he goes, what do you mean? What do I mean? It's him. It's the guy. I'm going to find out who you love and who loves you, which is maybe not the priority right now, sir, but okay. And Christine is just like, uh, <laughs> she gave a cry of anguish, but I just imagine her being like, come on, man, we're going to get killed. Like you're going to get killed. And she says, in the name of our love, Raoul, you shall not pass, which is also crazy that she's also Gandalf. Oh, yeah. Noted. Noted. Famously. Famously. And Raul, like, Raul, it's not the last time in this chapter, does a record scratch. He's like, what? In the name of our love? What did you say? It's like, dude, like, you're gonna, you're about to get murdered, but, like, he's like, hold on, like, what are we, though? Can we maybe dial this back? Like, are we, is this monogamous? Just a like, quick what, DTR. Are you seeing other yeah. people? Yeah, I just need to really quickly. Um, and then he, it, just in a real master class of spiraling, as I think two people who love to spiral, uh, he goes from, oh my god, we're in love, to, oh no, she's lying to let the Red Death get away, and that she actually hates me. She had never before said that she loved him, even though there had been, quote, opportunities aplenty. Like, bud, what a fraud so I have many, highlighted. Like, Olive Garden dates. What a fraud, So many Olive Garden point. dates where he didn't, I know. And then I also highlighted, uh, but had she stayed with him when he needed her most? No, she had run away. And it's like, dude, like, I don't know, man. She's got her own shit going on. And so he starts getting real fucking bitchy with her, which, um, okay, sir. And he's like, you don't love me. You've never loved me. Da -da 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 -da. And he's like, I hate you. And he's crying. And she's like, I swear to God, dude, like, I am trying to, like, I feel like in my heart, I don't know if this is true, but I think that she's trying to keep his ass alive. And she goes, one day, Raul, you'll ask me to forgive you for what you've just said. And I will. And he's like, no, like, fuck you. Uh, all I ever wanted from life was to give my name to a tart from the opera. A tart, an opera wench, a mere actress. Either way you slice it. He, she has the patience of a saint. She has just prevented this man from what we can only assume is immediate death at the strong big hand of rick i'm so sorry but he would have choked this man out immediately christine knows it immediately especially in that outfit <laughs> and she has to sit she just calmly stands there in her in all her gandalf power letting him just uh abuse her with the energy of a man on twitter who it was maybe insinuated that he was doing a misogyny i know ralph's giving some sometimes he gives a little reply guy energy uh and so she's like She's like, Raul, like, don't call me a slut. And he's like, the shame will kill me. And she's like, I'm going to keep you alive. <laughs> this woman is, like, trying so hard to keep this man alive. And then she goes, all right, I gotta go. And he says, goodbye, goodbye. You have lost faith in me, Raul. It is all over between us. It's over. And he starts feeling a little bit bad because it's like, yeah, dude, clearly she's got something going on. And he's like, why don't you just go home? Which is a question I have also been asked when I'm out for way too long. Why don't you just go home? What have you been doing for the last two weeks? What's all this about an angel of music? What's going on? 
da 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 And she's like, it's a tragedy. She rips off her mask and goes, it's not a farce, Ral, a tragedy. And it suddenly she's actually not been doing the skincare routine. Like, she's looking rough. She's looking weary. She's looking haggard, wan. Raul is horrified. Tired. Raul's horrified. She, he's like, she has not been doing her little collagen sheet masks. No, but I mean, she looks so bad that he's like frightened and triggered, you know? Yeah. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and she's like, I just need to, I need to go. Um, And so Raul leaves the, the box and he's like, hey, guys, where'd that big fucking dude go? And they go, I don't know who you're talking about. And he says, uh, excuse me. And then... At two in the morning, he's like, fuck it, we're going to the dressing room. And he starts investigating. He thinks about maybe writing a letter to Christine. And then Christine comes in and he hides behind a curtain. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, creeps into her room and is like, I just drank so many Chardonnays. Maybe I will write her a letter using her own stationery. This is a good plan. But then she's like, he hears her coming. He's like, ah, fuck that. Let me hide. Yes. And very smart. Of At least he's finally starting to learn. And so she removes her, ma- her mask wearily. Wearily. Um, we love a weary queen. And <laughs> I like Raul goes, what was she thinking about? <laughs> about Raul? <laughs> no, girl. No. Because then she goes, poor Eric. And then Raul spirals for like a page and a half she said about it. that. And that's incredible. She said the name. His name has now been spoken for the first time in this novel. Wow, what a moment. <gasps> really? Yeah, because I don't think they haven't said Eric before, I don't think. We've been saying Rick for the whole time on our podcast because we're idiots, but this is the first name. That's so funny. Well, and I wonder, I mean, if I wonder if readers of the paper in the time were like, I thought this was a ghost story. Who the fuck is Eric? Like... But it's uh, poor Eric. It's a really good, like, it's almost like when you name a cat like a human name. Mm-hmm. It's very normal of a name. Yeah. Uh, and then so Raul goes, huh? I'm sorry. Triggered. Why is she saying poor Eric? Who the fuck is Eric? She should be saying poor Raul. Haven't I been through enough? Girl, that's the 16 Chardonnays you've had. What had this Eric to do with Christine and why did his sweet maiden from the north feel compassion for Eric when he, Raul, was so unhappy. The oh, He's just like me for real. Make it about himself. The barefoot Chardonnay is speaking loud and clear. Like Yes. <laughs> uh, and so Christine writes, sits down and she writes four pieces of paper so she's actually not like us because uh, we don't be writing. Raul is triggered by how calmly she's journaling. This is a thing that happens in the book. Absolutely. She shoves all the stuff into her bra and then not unlike, not unlike the little mermaid. This is my little mermaid oh my joke. God. Not unlike the little mermaid, a little like, uh, uh, all of a sudden there's like music is happening. And he's like, where is that music coming from? Who has a speaker? What's going on? And a muffled humming seemed to emerge from the walls. It was as if the walls were singing. Uh, a very beautiful, gentle, captivating voice. But despite its lyric sweetness, it was a male voice. Definitely not a woman's. It came nearer and nearer. It passed through the wall. It entered. And then the voice was in the room singing for Christine. Is the voice in the room with us right now? Gotta be the episode title. But also, I, I just love his journey of like, this is incredible. And it's a man's voice. But but what's happening? But it's a man's voice. Raul's beginning to be very shook to his very core. Yes. The the 
enduring homoeroticism of this book we stand we're losing it at this at this point eric's making his entrance which happens like half an hour into the musical but we're what nine chapters into this book so like we're ready it's great and so Rao's behind the curtains and he's like what the fuck christine's face lit up a happy smile settled on her bloodless lips a smile such as ill patient smile when they begin to hope that the sickness that struck them down will not carry them off gaston Leroux says it's giving the fault in our stars yes unfortunately and Raoul knew instantly that never had he heard any human sound which in the same breath spanned the range of all extremes, never listened to a voice more generously, heroically smooth, more decisively insidious, more silky in its power, more robust in its silkiness, in a word, more overwhelmingly irresistible. <gasps> wow. In this version, oh. it said we hit heroically immensely heroically sweet and triumphantly insidious i would describe <sighs> rick as triumphantly insidious subtly powerful and powerfully subtle okay okay <gasps> in short a voice of irresistible potency there was in that singing something definitive and masterful that must in itself inspire every mortal who appreciates loves and makes music and for anyone who's still out there wondering god this toxic ass story why does anyone like it well, it's right here. This Sorry. Is why. Sorry. Sorry. Decisively insidious. Silky. Like, fuck off. Like, everyone has the vapors, um, including Raul, and he will say it. He does Yes. Raul listened to the voice in a state of feverish agitation and began to understand how Christine Daae had managed to appear on stage one night in front of a stunned audience and find accents of startling beauty and unprecedented jubilant power she had obviously sung under this influence of this mysterious unseen master's voice he also gained a better understanding of that outstanding performance by listening to this exceptional voice which was not singing music of any quality it was the voice itself which turned dross into gold the ordinariness of the words and the almost coarse, coarse vulgarity of the melody were transmuted into great beauty by the life force which raised them and sent them flying heavenward on the wings of passion. <sighs> this angelic voice glorified earthly love. I wrote, Raul says, I see it, I see the vision, send tweet. He's drunk, it's fine. This is the same same feeling that I get when I listen to um, Yance into Partition. Except uh, where I'm like, the lyrics are vulgar. But this is the best song of all time. Right. And I, in my mind, Rick is a Beyonce stan, but um, he's he's not singing Partition to her at this time. What's he singing? He's singing the Wedding Night song from Romeo and Juliet. <sighs> and this is why... Which isn't that maybe Partition? I don't know. And this is why it's like, no, we have to believe that she wants to fuck both these men. I'm sorry. Or we have to believe that she has love in her heart for both these men. I'm yes. doing a PG edit and an R-rated edit. But like, yeah, no, Raul began to understand. Yes, bitch. And then we, yeah, and then we like repeat, like, he just repeats, to thee my destiny is bound forever. Uh, and Raul's like, mm, like, what the fuck? Like, this hurts my feelings. And she starts walking. She is like full trance she is walking through this mirror she is like i don't hear the man behind me who's now coming out of the curtain i am a hundred percent in it to win it the two christines touch the mirror 
and kind of this weird kaleidoscope thing happens. Beautiful visual. Where he's thrown violently, Raoul is thrown violently backwards with an icy wind blowing across his face. He sees 20 Christines whirling around effortlessly, mocking him and fleeing too swiftly to hold any of them in his hand. And then everything went still and he saw himself in the mirror, but Christine had vanished. And then, so fate has united my heart for like there's different translations of it i did before we started recording send you a horny audio of a bj harrison just a very good reading of the text translation that translation said the lyrics are fate links thee to me forever and a day oh christine when she sang it back to nothing could describe the passion with which her voice sang fate links thee to me forever and a day um and then i mean i can't believe that we did it joe but the chapter ended on a question. Yes. Who is Eric? Who's Eric? Reputation era. Uh. Oh, I'm so excited. I also had some questions. So like, like what happened to Rao? What do you think happened? Because I, you know, obviously we see in the musical, she kind of like pops through the, we see the mirror open. She goes through the mirror closes and then Raul kind of like comes in a little bit too late. And he's like, where did everybody go? This was more supernatural to me. It, I I don't know that it's ever explained how this effect is achieved, but also this really lets you just wonder how on earth did this man achieve this? And it notes that like Raul's, you know, he's had a couple, but he's like, I'm not having a hallucination. How did she walk through this mirror? Why were the, he's blown backwards by like an icy blast. And it's like, it's powerful. The powers of Rick. It's great. And we kind of know, I don't know if, I mean, I just know tangentially from being in the fandom, like, he kind of has a history with, like, mirrors and bullshit that he's done with mirrors before, so, like, it's fun that he did this. Um, I'm so happy. Kara Prediction Corner, I mean. Um, I really think that everything's gonna end really great. Um... Okay, I'm looking at chapter 11's called Forget the Name of the Man with the Voice. Too late, babe. He will never forget. I remember it. it. He will never forget, Eric. I think that, I mean, I'm hoping that we're going to get like a first glare. I don't know. I don't know if we get like kind of a music of the night moment in this book. I will say that <laughs> this first time through, I was like, the energy of the song Music of the Night almost seems like it came from Raul's interior monologue describing and like we're not trying to be like it was homoerotic when he heard Rick's voice it just was what it was he was like he was like I'm angry he said mark me down as scared and horny that because that's what Rick's voice does to people also he's a dude so he's like but he's also like ah but I get it (laughs) he gets it he gets it I I don't know so prediction corner I think I think she's going to go down. I'll be interested to see who follows her. Like, does Raul follow her? Like, how do we get, do we get to see what goes on down there? And like, when do we get to see that? Hopefully we get to see that before final lair, but I have no idea. Anything else for Prediction Corner? Or? Um, We haven't seen the Persian yet that much. True, true. I would like to see him. Kind of just in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> I would like to see the baby. I would like to see him. <laughs> Do, do you think we have anything else to say? But you can find us on Instagram at Less Traveled. We did use the European spelling of that because this takes place in Europe um, and we're just that way. We do. We're there. 
There's memes, people. Yeah. There's memes. We do a meme. Yeah. We're on Instagram at Laro Less Traveled. We here for you. Thank you so much to the people who've left nice reviews and sent us nice messages. And uh, yes. it's a small but mighty. We make our day. Yeah, absolutely. It's a small but mighty following, but we love it here. And uh, yeah, thank you to those who are listening. Thank you. And uh, make sure you tip your Uber drivers when you go through the bois. Yeah, with a mysterious man that yes. really sets off the casuals. Five stars. And five stars for Rick as well. Yes. We don't know why. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.